red flags, but okay podcast beginning in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello, Jennifer. What up, Kate? Hey, this is a calming Kate. This is the new and improved That Kate. was very soft. I feel like I'm listening to like late night jazz with Kate on the it's radio. Never, it's never happened before that Kate has been calm. My <laughs> manic energy will return shortly when I go on a rant. But this is weird flex, but okay. Yes, the podcast where we tell you things and you listen. Yeah, and hopefully you learn something. And today we are talking about thick and thin. Yes, and I am thick. <laughs> yeah, you are. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I am thin. Um, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our intro. Sure. Um, so I go first this week. Um, also, uh, we took last week off. Obviously, there was some personal things. Um, it's not your business, but I appreciate you guys sticking around and listening, um, continuing to, to stick with us, even though sometimes we go rogue. Nobody pays us to do it. If you want to pay us to do it, please do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, but we're back and we're excited to be together and we're excited to record. So yeah. I go first. Yes, and- take it away. Yes. I'm going to start off our thin thoughts today with what else? Thin mints, which is my (gasps) favorite Girl Scout cookie. Oh, clever. So this is a short but sweet. So basically, Girl Scout cookies have been around for a long time. The first batch was baked and sold by a troop from Muskogee, Oklahoma, all the way back in 1917. Wow. I know. I, I knew conceptually that the Girl Scouts were that old. (laughs) Yeah, but it still seems wild to me. It still, <laughs> still seems like totally fake, uh, which I, I mess with the Girl Scouts. I don't mess with the Boy Scouts of America, but the Girl Scouts I do. Uh, when they started giving money to Planned Parenthood, I was like, all right. <laughs> I didn't know that either. That's cool. I'm learning everything about the Girl Scouts. It wasn't until 1939 that the Girl Scouts, at this time using designated bakers and not making the cookies themselves, introduced what was called cookie mints. And in 1959, they began to call them Thin Mints. And the world and my family has never been the same. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Tagalongs. Is it? Yeah, which I've just recently learned that different parts of the country call them different things. They do, and it's dependent on which baker they use. Yeah, so... I grew up knowing them as tagalongs, but I think they're like peanut butter patties or something is what. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, I'm not a big peanut butter person. Um, I respect the game. It's just not for me. But thin, my family is a hardcore Thin Mints family. We've always got them in the freezer. Like We have a up. box, I think, in the freezer for Joe. I don't like mint, so. That's the, the only thing that's different about us. That and cheese. I, Yes, that's true. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with mints. Mint anything, honestly. I'll go with it. Yeah, but yeah, you just so had that, that is... new mint Ben and Jerry's dairy. Oh yeah, I had I had the dairy free mint Ben Ben and Jerry's. This is my uh, not an ad, but you could if you want to. Um, I had the dairy free, and it's apparently made with sunflower butter. Which... Oh. She beats me how exactly that <laughs> works, but I. 
I support it because it was actually good. The thing about non-dairy stuff is I'm we've gone over this before in milk and cookies, but I'm lactose intolerant. Um, the thing that kills me the most is milk and ice cream, ice cream like beyond anything. So I don't usually eat any ice cream at all. But the non-dairy ice cream is like it's always hard to explain to people because like I don't want it to taste like dairy. I just want it to taste good. I'm just asking you for frozen sugar water with chocolate in it. (laughs) So the sunflower butter thing was good. Um, It was very, very good. I enjoyed it. But it was funny because in my head, I was like, well, this doesn't taste like ice cream. And I was like, well, thank God. (laughs) I get some like Vietnam flashbacks from bad times in my life if it tasted like ice cream. But yeah, that is uh, the history of Thin Mints after my tangent. But um, that's the history of Thin Mints along illustrious history. They're very old. They are very old. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Well, Kate, not Mm -hmm. all bad things happened in 2020. Okay. In February, the world's thickest book was published and recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records. What? Go on. (laughs) In Jurat, India. I probably completely Mm -hmm. mispronounced that city. (laughs) The author... I don't think I can. This person's name has too many letters in it. <laughs> okay. Um, but their last name is Swami. Okay. Well, we'll put it in the. We'll put it on the Instagrams so you guys yeah. can see it, and someone can tell that. me how to pronounce it. Yes, please. Uh, Swami published a book that measured nineteen and a half inches thick. Oh. The title of the book is Shri Heritur. Murumrat. Mm-hmm, sure is. <laughs> Again, too many letters in one name. Cigar, which is a biography about Bhagwan Sri Swamarayan. Okay. Swamarayan. Yeah. I know what Bhagwan means. That's it. <laughs> Swamarayan was a yogi that many followers um, believed to be a manifestation of God. And he was alive in like the 1700s and 1800s and traveled around the world. And by the time he died, he had like estimated 1.8 million followers. And there's like five different main like Swaminarayan centers. Um, But he was apparently a big enough guy, big enough history to his life that his biography was 19 and a half inches thick. Well, when you've got names that long, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) You could end up with that. That's, that's so crazy. I mean, I, I respect the game of not doing multiple volumes. Yeah. Just putting it all in one. You would not be able to carry that book around to read it. No, it would have like its own carrying case. Yeah. Could you imagine just like, I'm I'm going to the park to read my book. And you pull out this (laughs) 19 and a half inch thick book. Two foot. Oh my God. That's so goofy. I'm literally like holding up my hand like a two foot. Like that's so ridiculous. That's hilarious. That is the world's thickest book. Came out in 2020 and has a lot of names involved that... I have no idea how to pronounce. And that's okay. We are who we are. Okay. That's pretty, that's pretty exciting. Thank you, 2020, for doing something exciting for all of us. Um, Yeah. We'll never read it. We probably can't, but 
if you are the type that you're into that, we'll absolutely give you the full the full name written out and you can look more into it. Yes. But, uh, yes. I think, uh, okay, I'm going to go into, I'm going to go into this one's pretty sensitive for some people. Um, I think one of the thin issues that, <laughs> that about 22% of our listener base cares a great deal about is thinning hair because we have 22% male <laughs> listeners, <laughs> uh, particularly male pattern hair loss. Um, okay. Yes. It's not the only reason for thinning hair. Like even I have thinning hair thanks to stress-induced hair loss. Um, like imagine being me, you're literally so stressed, all your hair falls out. Um, I don't have eyebrows. <laughs> Mine are tattooed on. I was gonna say do now. <laughs> yeah, I do now. My my eyebrows are tattooed on because I lost them all from stress. Um, but this isn't about me. This is about dudes and s- some women. <laughs> um, but male pattern hair loss has a really interesting mechanism that is different than other forms of hair loss. And that's really what I want to talk about. Oh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah. So male pattern hair loss, which I'm not going to say it that many more times because I actually have trouble saying it. Is, <laughs> like it's multiple new, life yeah. sentences. It's my, it's my new multiple life sentences. It's my, <laughs> it's my new like diction test if I, can, if I can say it. Are you sober enough to say male pattern hair loss? Um, but it is, uh, on, in the absolute most basic way possible, it is hormonal and genetic. Okay. So we're going to get into those in humans and only humans. There is a keratin gene that is controlled by androgens. Androgens are the steroid hormones that control male characteristics for anyone interested. This gene is called KRT 37. The programming of whether or not you have this gene and how much of it you have in in you and in your hair basically uh in the follicles begins in utero so that's the genetic part it's not something that develops later um the levels of androgens secreted in your body throughout your life is the hormonal part so the Androgen levels are dependent on a lot of different factors and things, you know, diet, body composition, stress levels, stuff like that, um, that all of those different, there's tons of different androgens that kind of go up and down and that that's what is going to activate or fail to activate that particular gene. So it's a combination of those two bad boys that leads you right to the dreaded, though, honestly, not that big of a deal, thinning hair. There's no cure for male pattern ba- baldness, bareness, baldness. <laughs> bareness. <laughs> it's bareness. Um, I tried to not write hair loss. I tried to like not type hair loss again, and then I just couldn't say it. Um, but there are tons of treatment. You'll be okay. Also, for the record, wearing a hat doesn't make you bald. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess if you wear a hat very aggressively your whole life, maybe. But, very aggressive. Uh, How do you very aggressively wear a hat? <laughs> You're like a one of those like old timey prospect. I go into prospectors a lot. Apparently, like you're like throwing your hat around like, well, I'll be damned. Like that's <laughs> that's aggressive hat use. But yeah, the um, actual male pattern hair loss, male pattern hair loss, is uh, it's hormonal and genetic. Um, those two things together. So if you have like other forms of hair loss, a lot of it is just it's temporary or it's due to like some kind of trauma reaction of your skin or something like that but it's not actually male pattern hair loss 
So yeah, there you go. There's a thing you now know about your own head or a head of someone next to you. Next to me? My cat. Yeah, now that you're in a blanket fort too. Now that you're you're in a blanket fort in a bathroom too, which is even creepier. No, I'm in a closet this time. Oh, that's exciting. I love yeah, it. Trying something new, you know? I'm gonna just like record in various spots. You're gonna be like you're gonna be at the dog park just inside yeah, of pop- the tent. <laughs> just pop up recording. <laughs> exactly. All right, what you got? You've heard of the phrase thick thighs saves lives, right, Kate? Show have. Well, Danish scientists may have proved that the saying could be true. I'm interested. <laughs> they did a study that went over 12 and a half years following 2,816 men and women who were between the ages of 35 and 65. At the start of the study, all of the um, participants were free of heart disease, stroke, and cancer. And so it began in the 80s and followed them over time. And they measured their thigh circumference. And those who had a thick thigh circumference had a lower risk of heart disease and premature death, even after the results were adjusted for risk factors such as smoking, exercise, alcohol use, systolic blood pressure, cholesterol, triglyceride levels, and for women, menopause. Okay. So that's that's unexpected. It is unexpected. Um, And it's the first study that's ever looked at this. So obviously take it with a grain of salt, just but has because obesity will put you at risk for heart disease and stroke. So <laughs> I think that's I think that's why it's so surprising is that, yeah. that it's I'm sure it's the thicker thigh circumference, but we all know that like it's the like kind of like the middle fat that's an yeah. indicator of cardiovascular health. So um, that's very interesting though. That's definitely yeah. not what I would have thought. Nope. So definitely, you know, correlation there. But yeah, I thought that was interesting that your thick thighs could save your life. Yeah, I, I don't fully understand what people mean when they say that phrase, but I do enjoy a thick thigh. So sure. I thought it always referenced to you're sitting on the toilet and your phone slips and your thick thighs keep your phone from falling into the toilet. Jen's out here thinking of the real people's issues. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. <laughs> I've never dropped my phone into the toilet like that. I've only had it in my back pocket and dropped it yep. into the toilet. Me too. That's the because only time. Because I had thick thighs. My thighs are so thick. Which, by the <laughs> way, um, let's address the elephant in the room here. I do spell thick in that way with Qs. So it's more oh. like a thick. Like thick. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, Jen is a hardcore grammarian. I <laughs> type like I am a 14 year old crackhead. I don't use punctuation. (laughs) I do use punctuation, but I will use thick with two C's if I'm needing to get that point across. If you see, if you see a a real fat cat, a thick boy, you really got to bring it up. You got to tell people. He's a -A T-H-I-C-C-B-O-I. That's a thick boy. (laughs) But I, uh, I write, I type, messages to Jen, who I, I'm fully aware of the fact that I'm sure it bothers you. Oh, no, I, I don't. I, I don't, was like, 
oh, you do? I don't know if I've ever noticed. Thank, thank God, because I don't know if you've noticed this and now you will. I use LOL as punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> I have never used like LOL. Like from the beginning, I, I just was like, I'm not going to be an LOL person. And now it's like, I can't just suddenly start being an LOL person. You can but- do anything you want because I started doing it ironically because I used to be like, I used to be like too cool to actually enjoy my life. And then I started saying it like ironically in like LMAO and stuff like that, like ironically. And now I just do it. And it's like a punctuation. It's my version of saying just like, I don't know, maybe at the end of something. So if I say (laughs) something where it's like, if I say something that's like kind of like sad or something like that, and I'm like, oh, I didn't mean it to be like that sad. I'm just being like honest with you. And then I'll just put LOL at the end. So it's like, I'll just be like, I don't know. I've just been going through a lot of like really hard stuff lately. LOL. (laughs) Well, now I know. Lots of love. (laughs) Lots of love. Okay. So I'm going to, let's get into something sad. Oh, good. LOL. It's actually, let's talk about, let's talk about people falling through ice. LOL. That's funny. Oh, it's so hot in here. Um, I'm not actually going to talk about <laughs> I will LMAO all over you. Okay. <laughs> I don't even Somehow know I'm picturing diarrhea in this. So. <laughs> oh, that comes later. Okay. <laughs> We've got a ways to go in this episode. I will get to diarrhea. Oh, okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not actually gonna. I, I will. I will not. LOL again. And I'm not actually talking about uh, people falling through thin ice and like a super sad everybody dies way. But um, we're gonna still t- get into it. Obviously, we all know the term thin ice. It's pretty obvious where it comes from. It's very on the nose. Um, you're on thin ice. Like you're gonna fall through. Um, but I'm going to tell you what to actually do if you fall through thin ice. Okay, tell me. Yes. I don't think it really applies to us. Um, I live on a tropical island. You live, I live in, in the... Southern Arizona and Southern California. <laughs> exactly. It's not super relevant to us, but we don't know where our lives are taking us. Anything could happen. We would um, be the ones to fall through the ice because we're not used to it. hundred percent. hundred percent. I would fall through the ice. I'm, I'm, I am chaotic. <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> happening. I am chaos. Um, so what to do when you fall through thin ice. First of all, don't. Um, <laughs> we'll start Again, there. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Got nothing. Um, check the stability of what you're walking towards before you even take a step. That seems obvious, but it's not really something if you're walking across like a frozen creek and you're like, oh, it's not a big deal. Or like you're walking across a frozen lake that you think is like thick ice. Um, there could be a thin spot. You don't know what's happening in there. It's not your business. So use a stick or tap it with your foot just to check like something like that so that you're not taking steps onto something that you're really not sure about the stability of. If it's too risky, don't even go there. Uh, just, you know, don't throw caution to the wind, please. Um, now, if you do go through the ice, the cold will probably knock your breath out. So you need to really focus on like centering yourself and paying attention to your surroundings. Um, do not allow yourself to go totally underwater. Once that happens, there's really not a whole lot you can do if you're by yourself, um, especially if there if it's something very deep and there's any type of current. The odds of you swimming back up to the exact hole you just came through, 
with very little breath because you're freezing is pretty slim. So um, yeah, just try try to keep your head up or a hand in the hole, whatever. Just don't don't let yourself disappear underneath the ice. So here you are, head and hopefully arms out of a hole in the ice. What next? Um, you need to face the direction you came from to pull yourself out. That's pretty important. The ice that held you before, you know, is most likely stable. The ice on the other side in the direction you were walking towards, you have no idea how stable that is. I never so, thought of that, but it makes a lot of sense. I didn't either. I would have just flailed around and kept going through the ice like a like a drunk moose. But um, if you have anything even slightly sharp, a pen, a knife, ice picks, if you're an absolute genius, um, <laughs> use them to pull to give yourself a handhold in the ice in front of you to pull yourself up. And then the next thing you're going to do is kick your legs until your whole body is horizontal. And then you're going to pull yourself forward and slide your freezing dumb body out of that freezing dumb hole. So here's where the really important part comes in. I think this is a part a lot of people get wrong. Don't take all your clothes off unless you have to, to move. Um, you need to run, don't walk to the nearest warm place and do it very quickly. You have about 10 minutes from when you fall into freezing cold water to warm yourself back up before you shut down from hypothermia. Oh. Basically, too long didn't read, don't walk on ice. <laughs> so, Lots of things that I didn't know. Um, yeah, us, I'm, us not nice people, you know. I'm going to just avoid ice and walking on it. But yeah, that's Joe would probably one. be the person to just walk on ice. So now I can just yeah. shout these at him as he's falling through the ice. I feel like <laughs> Joe would be the person to walk on ice and be totally fine. <sighs> and then you and I are the type of people that would we would we would walk on ice and just like the same ice and just fall through. And then yep. one of us would try to help the other and then also oh. fall through. Yeah. And then we would just be like flailing. And then Joe would be giving us directions we don't understand. Yeah. True. It, that's just that's who we are. <laughs> but uh, and also uh, ice fishing is terrifying. This has nothing to do with I mean, it does a little bit. I don't have info on ice fishing, but um, my husband has gone ice fishing because he's from the north. Um, but it's t it terrifies me. How are you drilling a giant hole into the ice? And you're pretty confident that you're not going to go through that ice at any point. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. To live that footloose and fancy free. You know what I mean? <laughs> But yeah, so I'll that pass. is, I'm hard pass. That's what to do if you fall through thin ice. Don't walk on ice. All right. I am also going to kind of talk about a phrase that's um, got to do with thick. Noise. So um, there's actually a lot, but I decided to focus on the phrase thick skinned. Oh. Which I am not. Me neither. Very sensitive. <laughs> Very sensitive. I get offended by things I say. I get offended by made up things that I think other people are saying. <laughs> oh, man. We, we sure do. It's your problematic faves, Kate and Jen. <laughs> problematic to ourselves. Well, right, it on. first originated um, as far as like being on record in the 1540s in regards to fruit fruit having a thick skin what yeah that's i thought it was like pigs maybe 
No, it was for fruit. So they would describe a fruit as having a thick skin. Um, But soon after that, like within the next like 60 years, maybe it started being used to describe someone as dull or stupid. No. Which I was like, what? I mean, hard same, but yeah. (laughs) Um, And then it eventually went to the meaning that we know that they're not easily offended. Um, They don't let things get to them. And that's why you'll say like to be in politics or a celebrity, you got to have thick skin. So you have to be be like a pomegranate, be a pineapple. (gasps) Yeah, they have thick skin. Don't be a grape. I'm a, I'm such a grape. What has the, what's what has the thinnest skin? What what's the fruit that you pick it up and it just falls apart? That's me. Blueberries. Blueberries are. Like, I. They don't. I'm an over. Them. Yeah, I'm an overripe blueberry. Yeah. That's me. But that's that is genuinely something I did not know and have thought the wrong thing about forever. Oh, I wonder if it has to do with pigs, though. Maybe. I mean, the fruit thing makes perfect sense. I yeah. I don't know why I thought it was like pigs. I just assumed it had something to do with like, because like certain animals like pigs or like rhinos or something, they'll have just like very thick skin. But I was basing that on absolutely nothing. <laughs> just, just my own brain. But that's just really cool. Yeah. yeah. We learn so much. Okay. The more you know the from Jen. I had to put my own spin on it so that we couldn't be like, no copyright infringement (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh i've i've just i'm back on my bs um i'm gonna get into some problematic things (laughs) uh it's what i do so um it's no secret that there has been some issues going on with cops um i'm not gonna sit here and boo hiss cop like all cops and stuff that's not really what this particular segment's about. I'm going to throw out a big, uh, which I'm, I'm saying this ironically, but I'm going to throw out a big fat, uh, not all cops on this one, just <laughs> so that nobody's like coming at me and like, like she hates the police. And like, y'all know how I feel about everything. I'm very open. Um, but uh, this is something that whether you approve of it or not, was meaningful and representative of a portion of our population, police officers and their families, that was hijacked by racists. And uh, that is the thin blue line flags and how they came to represent the All Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter movement. It's an interesting little history there. Yeah. Yeah. So the original meaning behind the thin blue line was that they were the line, the last bastion between society and chaos, us falling into anarchy. Its first mention was in a 1911 Nels Anderson poem entitled The Thin Blue Line about the United States Army. They wore blue uniforms at the time. Over time, it began being used by police departments and gained a lot of popularity among them in their own personal circles. It became representative more of the brotherhood between police and a symbol of their own importance and sacrifice. And then through that, it became a symbol of that same brotherhood looking out for their own. Those cops looking to cover up indiscretions of themselves or their friends would invoke this all holy code as an excuse and sometimes a threat. Um, That's what sometimes called the blue wall of silence. And it's super gross. Um, In the last decade, non-law enforcement have taken to using the thin blue line symbol and the flag 
as something else entirely. Um, you've all seen it, um, especially in the last year in particular, and it's the American flag that is um, like black and white American flag with the blue line in the middle of it. Um, yes, with so, the Punisher skull. Yeah, so actually the the guy who, um, this has nothing to do with with the rest of the stuff I'm saying necessarily, but the guy who the original, the originator of the Punisher, um, he finds that very disgusting and he actually um, tried to take back the narrative and he was, and he sold the Punisher skull logo with a black lives matter logo over it and donate all that money, to the black lives matter movement and different black charities, because he finds it very disgusting because um, first of all, the Punisher is a representative of an, of an outlaw and if you want your police to be outlaws, you might be in the wrong game, my dude. <laughs> yeah, like the opposite. They're supposed to be that's, self-law, that's the guys. problem. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not riding the right line. Um, so it's become a direct reaction to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so a quick primer: Black Lives Matter is not saying that white lives and police lives or any other lives don't matter. Correct. Um, white people didn't have hundreds of years of being literally owned and pushed down at every turn systemically in America. So we don't need to be reminded that white lives matter. That's something that is actually ingrained in our society. But we as a society, through our own actions and inactions, have shown that we do actually need a reminder that black lives are not expendable and they do matter. So that is what Black Lives Matter is in a nutshell, in case you were at all confused about it. If you feel that I'm wrong, feel free to open a dialogue with me at weirdflexpodcast at gmail.com. Um, come at me with some facts if you really want to. Uh, I'm okay with that. I, I'd like to live and learn, and hopefully you do too. Um, so Blue Lives Matter, on the other hand, is not a reminder that law enforcement is valued and their lives are important to us. Um, they're just, they are human beings and all humans are very important. That's just how things are. Um, but Blue Lives Matter has hijacked the whole thing and made it a big fat middle finger to Black Lives Matter. I think that's very disingenuous to law enforcement who are care, who do care and are working very hard and their family members who are sacrificing to take over the narrative and use them as like, basically, it, this is a phrase that I use uh, not on this podcast, but I have no idea how to say it otherwise. But basically, they're they're just hoeing cops for their own racist agenda. Um, I don't really know that's another a, way to say that. That's a good way to say that. <laughs> like, you can't hoe me. Um, it's the oppressors begging to feel oppressed. Um, there's a lot of interesting psychology around that and why exactly people try to take over a narrative when they should be mindfully listening. But hopefully we can get into that more in depth another time, not now. Um, so in a nutshell, that is the thin blue line, the blue wall of silence, and the gigantic gross monster that grew out of all of it. Blue lives matter and all lives matter. So there you go. Thank you for that. That You're is it's a shame that something that did have like a nice message and like a good history got corrupted and twisted. And that happens a lot, I think, unfortunately, like, yeah, it's that, that to me is like, obviously we've had a lot of police indiscretion in our country. It happens in every country, but our country struggled with it a, a ton, but the 
the current narrative around that, what that flag represents and what, you know, the, or the Punisher logo or what are just like people, it's the same thing as people like going out of their way to talk about quote unquote, the troops to make themselves attractive to other people, to make mm-hmm. like, like politicians or whatever, to be like, I support the troops. And it's like, but it's a very like, what have you done for me lately type of thing? Mm-hmm. Like the people who are using the the Blue Lives Matter flag are those people are the same type of people who are capital stormers who killed a cop multiple people were injured and multiple cops were injured like stuff like that so we don't get super hyper political necessarily on here and we're not going to do that but um but those people aren't about law and order in the literal sense of it mm-hmm. they're using it as kind of like a an fu anarchist type of thing which is yes cops are people they have families just leave it alone man if you why don't you make your own flag for once for godness for goodness sake (laughs) yeah make your own capital storming flag yeah (laughs) (laughs) they've got so much time in federal prison it's the make america great again flag oh god (laughs) make america go to federal prison because something you signed again Okay, so that's uh, that's one of two hot takes I'll have today. One out of the way, you go. <laughs> All right. Kate, how do you feel about haunted roadways? Super good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> well, personally, they kind of give me the creeps. I don't yes. know why. But like a haunted roadway is just like terrifying, I think. Just because it's so open. and Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, so especially when they're isolated, like the one I'm gonna tell you about. I just I'm I'm not on a roadway, but I just got the chills. <laughs> why do why is everything scary to me? <laughs> Damn it. I'm in a locked apartment I'm on the fourth floor of a locked apartment building. Okay, I'm ready. In the heart of Big Thicket National Park, <laughs> which is located in southeast Texas. Mm-hmm. There is an unpaved road where mysterious lights are known to appear and disappear at random. Zoinks. (laughs) This road is almost eight miles long, and it's just a straight shot through the park. The road is called Bragg Road, and it was given the nickname of Ghost Road after these lights started appearing. And it brought along more nicknames like the Light of Saratoga and the Bragg, Bragg Road Ghost Light. The road was created back in 1901 for a railroad track, but then that railroad track became obsolete around the 1930s, so they removed the track. Um, However, the road became a useful passageway to and from Saratoga for cars and trucks. Hmm. It would take you about 20 minutes to drive through this roadway because it's unpaved. It's just a dirt roadway through a forest. And haunted by creepy lights why are we going ghost on this and not alien though let me just tell you that right now oh good answer that question setting you up for the real issues (laughs) what exactly has caused these mysterious lights is up for debate most people believe them to be due to swamp gas or other um, natural occurrences that have been used to debunk similar cases but the most common mystical explanation is that a railroad worker was decapitated in an accident. And now mm. he uses the light of his lantern 
to hunt for his head along the former railroad track. Oh, get some of that Ichabod crane in you, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so that is the Bragg Road Ghost Light. Does uh, where you are from in the deep pits of the desertiest desert, um, does, does, does you, did you guys have a haunted road that kids in high school would go down to just like scream and scare each other? I don't think so. You would think there would be because like where I grew up was pretty like deserted-y just mm-hmm. like a couple miles down the road. There's lots of deserts. There probably was one maybe, but so, yeah, we had one. Um, I cannot remember the name of it. It had like a name that wasn't the name of the road. Um, it's some, it's probably something super stupid. If you are from St. Martin, Mississippi, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not from St. Martin. It's the town next to where I'm from. Um, but if you're from St. Martin, Ocean Springs, Gauche, anything like that, please tell me what the name of this road was. Ben, I know you're listening. Tell me what the name of this road was <laughs> because I can't remember it. But it was it was like one of those ones that has like a woods tunnel, but it was like oh. dead trees. And so it looked super, super scary. And basically, you know, you would drive down with all your windows down with your friends and everyone would get the heebies and scream and be scared and drive away super fast and dangerously in their parents' car. But, um, but yeah, we had one of those and it was very creepy. But tell me if you remember this, okay? And yeah. also, we're making I'm making this episode super long, and I'm not sorry because the last episode was 33 minutes long. <laughs> so short because we so short. It back at the end. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so if I go on a tangent, it's because I'm making up for last time. <laughs> but tell me if you remember this. So the neighborhood I lived on on Camp Pendleton, mm-hmm. uh, I lived in O'Neill Heights. Do you remember? All the people, because you you were in the Pendleton ghost pages on Facebook. Yes, I still do you remember. Do you remember the Pendleton lights on the road to my neighborhood that people would talk about? No, because I, I joined I after I moved off base and oh. Joe got out of the military. I joined the group <laughs> mostly because I didn't cool. want to know what was happening while I lived on base. Because it's very valid. You don't. You don't want to know. <laughs> If you live on a military base, I do right now. If you live on a military base, the last thing you want to know is what everyone around you is thinking, because I promise you it's garbage. <laughs> so <laughs> I will be going back and searching for the Pendleton lights and O'Neill Heights. I, I saw them, and I still to this day can't explain it, and I am a huge skeptic. I saw it. So when people would talk about it, um, if you're from Camp Pendleton, um, you know this, but the helicopters would fly out behind... Um, like the the uh, blast area behind where my neighborhood was was way out in the boonies where they would near fire an abandoned help. hospital, right? Near an abandoned hospital. It was dope. It was so. It was very me. Um, but basically, <laughs> my my house looked out over this giant blast area where they would shoot tanks. You know, they would shoot stuff out of tanks. They would shoot mortars, and also they would shoot Hellfire missiles from helicopters, which looks very cool at night. Um, I have a very vivid memory of. They were shooting artillery and my husband was, he's going to, I'm probably going to cut this out. He's going to kill me. He was sitting on the toilet <laughs> and our window was open and he's listening to them just dum, 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 shooting artillery out in the desert, like right behind our house. And he's going, yeah, get some. <laughs> it was constant, constant artillery all the time behind our house. It was really cool. And it happened in the middle of the night. But I would always say when people talk about the Pendleton lights, that it was, um, 
that it was Hellfire missiles because it would it would they would you would see a light fly through the sky super fast. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. got to be what it is because that's the only thing I could think of that would be like bright like that. So I yeah. was driving yeah. middle of the night. Um, I was driving towards my towards my house through this like not an abandoned section of road, but there wasn't there was very few things on it, and there's desert on either side. And right in front of my car, maybe maybe a foot in front of my windshield, I saw a light shoot in front of me, stop for a second, and then shoot off into the desert. Oh, that's spooky. And it was huge. It wasn't like a bug that caught in my headlights. It was huge. And then, um, so I stopped my car and I was just like weird. Um, and then I, I go to just like, you know, something's in front of your car. You're just like, going to stop. So mm-hmm. I go to start driving again, and then I see another one come from Lake O'Neill, which was down a little hill, come from Lake O'Neill, shoot up over the road in front of me, and then whoosh, disappear into the desert. Oh, definitely yeah. an alien. Or I don't know what it, I am such a skeptic, and I'm sure there is a totally logical explanation for it, but it felt like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a thing other people saw it too. They're trying to basically sell you the idea that this tea could give you $10,000 worth of plastic surgery. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's crazy. If somebody looks perfect, um, they're probably not perfect. I don't think I really need to say this to any adults, but if you're a young person and you are living in a very social media world, um, nobody looks like that. You're okay. No. It's fine. Um, you are perfect just the way you are, please. Um, so even the the Kardashians have hawked a tea that's supposed to, quote unquote, melt belly fat, which, I mean, we'll get there. <laughs> I'm um, sorry, but if anything is going to melt something off of your body, that's like a huge red flag because that's not good. <laughs> we're selling uh, hydrochloric acid. Um <laughs> It would honestly be more effective. Um, so the basics of the skinny tea thing is that they claim to, oh, Lord, help me. It's so dumb. Uh, detox your body. Cleanse your organs. Ooh. Energize you to melt away fat. So we're going to break this down. First of all, the whole detox thing. This is not a hot take. This What I'm saying right now is not a hot take. This is science. You don't need to, quote, detox your body does that, it's called a liver. <laughs> I was um, just going to say, yeah. organs tend to keep themselves cleansed. If you have yeah. to cleanse them, there's a bigger problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as, like you just said, cleansing your organs, whatever that means, you know, <laughs> um, it's kind of so dumb that I think they just throw it in as like a fill, a filler phrase for this descriptions because- yeah. I have, I have, I did a lot of research of like reading what they were saying and then kind of like obviously reading the, the reality of it, of what like the, what's actually contained in the ingredients and stuff. But at no point did they explain what it means to cleanse your organs. It sounds gross. Do you want to know what I'm picturing right now? Is it I a car wash inside your body? Oh, no, but I'm picturing okay. uh, the Rick and Morty episode. Oh, Neptune. Um, where they go to like this spa and it's supposed to like detox them and what it does is it literally takes all the toxic parts of them and throws them into this like toxic universe and it's so it's like they like they're like dripping and melting and green and gross and like (laughs) 
that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> I'm like just I'm alternate reality of all your toxic traits and it just separates the two bodies. <laughs> I'm picturing something far worse and I'm just going to like gore warning. Um, I'm picturing somebody basically getting like embalmed alive, but it's soap. <laughs> <laughs> An enema of... <laughs> Not the butt soap. Okay, so, um, all right. Let's get back here. Okay, so, um, just like detoxing, your excretory system literally does that. Um, you don't need to cleanse your organs. It's energizing, though. They're not wrong there, um, because it's tea and it has caffeine in it. <laughs> um, so here's the one thing that it will definitely do. It will make you poop. A lot. Diarrhea. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> We've arrived at diarrhea. Welcome. <laughs> um, and you will probably lose weight. Um, if you, I mean, you're going to lose water weight because you are now abusing laxatives. The majority of them contain something called senna, which is a naturally de derived laxative that will have you you detoxing your way right to diarrhea town, essentially. <laughs> um, so others can contain similar laxatives because that's kind of their whole deal. It's an intro to laxative abuse disorder, which is an actual eating disorder. Mm -hmm. So if you're considering a cleanse, a detox, or a thin tea, please take a moment to thank your organs who are all working very hard with no breaks to keep you going and maybe consider instead treating them right with a nutrient-rich diet instead of dehydrating yourself over the toilet for hours. Just drink um, regular tea and eat healthy. Yeah, yeah sure. Drink regular tea. Um, you, I, I feel like this goes without saying, um, but if we do have any like younger listeners or people who have like a lot of like deeply ingrained body issues, um, you can't lose weight without a calorie deficiency. That's the only way to lose weight. So if something says, in a, you also can't spot reduce weight. It depends on your genetics and your body composition. So if something is telling you like this exercise will reduce belly fat or this, um, you know, like this detox is going to like shred the fat on your arms or something like that. That isn't real automatically because you can't spot reduce any fat. The only way you can lose fat is a calorie deficit in as much as I hate it for you, you don't get to decide where the fat comes from or else all my fat would be gone from everywhere in my body but my butt and I would look ridiculous because that's what I want in life. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that is thin teas. Uh, they're kind of a disaster and they are a billion dollar industry and they are not FDA approved. Yes. And there was an actress and I spacing on her name, but she was in the good place. And she went off on a bunch of celebrities. I think her name's like Jamila. I can't remember her last yeah, name. Yeah, it's with a J. Mm -hmm. um, she has a huge platform talking yeah, about this she, in particular. Yep. She went off on a lot of celebrities that were mm -hmm. sponsoring these. And yeah, it's very for irresponsible for yes. people, especially people who are, especially people who are using plastic surgery, which there's nothing wrong with that. If you need to do that, that's totally fine for you. But, but you're don't using pretend. Oh my God. Yes. Don't pretend just... you're diarrheaing your way to a huge <laughs> butt and a tiny waist. I mean, if you could do that, imagine what we would look like <laughs> with our disastrous intestines. <laughs> this is the call out episode. 
but yeah, that's not, I, it's it's incredibly irresponsible of people, particularly people with a massive platform like the Kardashians, to uh to basically say like, oh my god, look at me, I'm in shape because of this tea I'm drinking, or this helps me get into shape. I can promise you, they've never even opened up that package. Oh no, because their dietitian wouldn't let them because mm-hmm. it's not good for you. Um, and laxative abuse disorder is a very real eating disorder, yes. and eating disorders can kill you. They yep. really they can kill you. So it's be very careful. Especially if you're going to the bathroom a lot, you get dehydrated very mm-hmm. easily. So yeah. and it will strip the nutrients. It. Yeah. It'll strip the nutrients from your body. It can cause all sorts of internal bleeding in your, you know, in your intestines, stuff like that if you really if you really go into it too hard. So please be careful. Also, just chill. Just drink some water. <laughs> Calm down. If you want to take a nap, take a nap. Who cares if you're tired? Get over it. But that's that's I'm done now. I'm done. Okay. I'm hot. I've hot took my way to the very end of my list. So it's all you, Mama. All right, we're gonna wrap this up with another round of another rare disease I need to worry about. Oh yay! Are we gonna die, Jen? <laughs> Maybe. This time we're talking about polysemia vera, or I PD. don't know this one. Okay, it's a rare blood disease. That is caused when your body makes too many red blood cells, thus thickening your blood. Thicker blood can cause blood clots, which can block blood flow in the arteries and veins and lead to a heart attack or a stroke. So it's pretty like straightforward what this will lead to. Blood's too big. (laughs) Blood too big. (laughs) Sir, (laughs) sir. You've got blood too big. <laughs> You're not going to make it. It's hot. I'm dying. Uh, what okay, is I'm this so sorry. Doing? Nope. <laughs> God, we're almost done. Roy, behave. It's because we're talking about hair loss and he's got a receding hairline, according to my sister. He <laughs> does. All right. Well, just, you know what, Roy? Be glad that you don't have blood too big. <laughs> All right. Okay. Back to the sad, incurable disease. (laughs) The main cause of PV is a mutation in the JAK2 gene. This gene is in charge of making the protein that helps your body produce blood cells. It's basically, it mutates it, and then this protein creates too many red blood cells. And it's still unknown what causes this mutation. It's not generally inherited. So it, I'm taking that as to mean there have probably been cases where parents have passed it on to their children. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you can't. It's not something like if your parents have it, you will for sure have it. Yeah. Anything's possible. Mm-hmm. And it develops slowly. So you might not discover you have it until later in life when you're going to get a routine blood test and it shows up. Oh, So there's no cure. However, there are different procedures and medicines that can help you manage the disease to lower the risk of all the other complications. The end. I I don't like blood disorders because they feel (laughs) they feel like okay. Listen, it makes me feel like my blood's haunted. (laughs) Ooh, spooky blood. Yeah, like it feels like spooky. It feels like spooky blood, like because because your blood is everywhere in your body. It's in your eyes, Jen. I know. I wonder it's like everywhere. how that feels having blood too big. <laughs> I'm sorry, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be painful, right? Because it's blocking your blood vessels. Yeah, it must be painful. If you or someone you know has blood too big, I'm sorry. That <laughs> you may be. <laughs> you may be eligible for compensation. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're not bad people. It's, it's I could not find exactly how rare it is because it just said it's rare. Okay. Um, but it didn't say like the article oh, I was yeah, reading yeah, didn't cool. say how rare. Yeah, if you know if you know somebody who has who has PV that I can't pronounce right now, um, yeah, send us an email. Tell us what tell us what that's like, man. Tell us mm-hmm. is it is it the absolute freaking worst? Is it something that people are managing? Like we'd love to know. Yeah, um, but yeah, that is a that's thick and thin, guys. And man, we really chatted about it. Sure, we did. really did. <laughs> sure did that. Uh, if you are an avid supporter of great podcasters like us. Um, you can support us our favorite way, and that is by promoting us. Um, we would love it if you would tell somebody, um, tell somebody who cares, tell somebody who doesn't, tell somebody that you personally think needs to learn something. Um, tell your dumbest friend to listen to us. Um, give us a shout out on your Instagrams or your Twitters. Um, give us an Apple podcast review. That would be really lovely. Um, that's how we grow, and we'd love to grow. We like reaching new people. Um, also if you want to reach out to us and tell us anything at all, any weird spooky stories, did you see the Pendleton lights? You got blood too big, whatever it is. Um, you can email us at weirdflexpodcast at gmail.com or send us a good old fashioned DM, get slide into our DMS at weirdflexpodcast on the Instagrams. So you want to go down citation street? Let's do it. Let's do it. I went first. So, all right. So I got, so thin mints came from, girlscouts.org holla and um time magazine thinning hair came from healthline and wikipedia thin ice came from washington post and wideopenspaces.com the thin blue line came from articles in complex by treva lindsay and another article in the guardian by jamie lart lartley yeah okay For some reason, the L was not capitalized because I don't believe in grammar. Um, And skinny, yeah, skinny teas came from medicalnewstoday.com and also uh, Kim Kardashian's Instagram that I looked at for like 45 minutes because I'm not productive. (laughs) So you're up. All right. The thickest book was from the Guinness Book of World Records. And I also went on Wikipedia just to find out who this guy was. And then... Thick Thighs Save Lives was a Harvard Healthy Publishing article, Big Thighs Maybe Wise. Hmm. Mental Floss gave me a little bit about the thick skin phrase. The Bragg Road Ghost Light was from Dangerous Roads and Wikipedia. And PV was the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. Awesome. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. Um, thanks for giving it a listen. We appreciate you. We hope you're having a good year so far. Yeah. Next week, we have a very fun topic of Lord and Ladies. I'm really looking forward to this yes. one. I, I requested this one. Uh, Mariah came up with it, but I, I requested <laughs> Yes. It. Mariah gave us this idea. And then Kate was like, we're going to change up our schedule because I need to do this topic. So. Yes, I had a I had a request from 
a listener and an old-timey friend, um, an old-timey prospector, to, to do a certain topic that I actually find really exciting. So, um, yeah, we'll be doing Lords and Ladies, and it's going to be dope. But And we're going to talk in British accents the entire time, because I am a lady. We're not going to do that as our favorite <laughs> <new>. <laughs> We are not Jen, because that Jen is will really be doing bad. That. that was so bad. Then <laughs> we'll be doing that exclusively. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. See you next time. Bye.